0: Welcome to the Eat Like an Italian podcast, where we will discuss the rationale, benefits, and practical application of the Mediterranean diet. We will explain how to maintain healthy eating habits without actually dieting, while at the same time enjoying some of the best cuisine on the planet. The centuries old food traditions found in Italy still provide the most accurate template for a long and active life in the 21st century. We'll dive into the what of these practices. But we'll also unpack the why, so we can better understand the direct links between lifestyle choices and overall well-being. Join us in the kitchen and at the table for a generous helping of delicious food. Here's to your health. Ciao. Buongiorno a tutti. I'm here today with Roberto Campana from Stop Italian Sounding. Roberto, come stai? Good morning, tutti. Tutto bene. Tutto bene. I'm doing well. Rick, and yourself? I'm doing great. Thanks. Yeah. Obviously, we're switching to English here because uh, Robert is a Italian and Spanish teacher, and so there's no way I can keep up with his Italian. And anyway, I want uh, everybody in the audience to enjoy what we're going to talk about because this is really interesting. Hey, Robert, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you got going on in your and your project? I, I would call it more of a crusade, or uh, you know, there's something very um, passionate about this. Let's let's hear it. Yes, uh, I, crusade's a good word. I, I
1: typically <laughs> define it as a, uh, a movement or a project, but, you know, I'm going to start using the word crusade. Um, <laughs> and it, anyway, Stop Italian Sounding is is a, a project that was born uh, a few years back after I um, uh, did a master's at the uh, uh, Cattolica University of Milan uh, in international business. I wrote a thesis about Italian-sounding cheeses in the United States and their economic impact. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah. So uh, after uh, having, you know, after, after writing this thesis, uh, Stop Italian Sounding was born on Instagram in order to, uh, let's say, create awareness about real Italian products compared to um, Italian sounding products, which would be the imitations of of uh the real italian products um so yeah, we're gonna get more... we're gonna get
0: some specific examples too so i'm looking forward to this conversation but i mean just real quick i just want people to before we get started in case while they're listening to this they want to check you out uh, you're you're on instagram and tiktok what, what's your handle
1: yes instagram tiktok uh at stop italian sounding
0: okay simple so, enough all right yep. sorry to interrupt but i just wanted to make sure people knew where to where to see you so so go I'll... on with go on with your with your mission
1: Oh, yes, no problem. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a mission uh, in order to educate uh, consumers, uh, mainly consumers outside of Italy. And me being American, I, I focus my, my, my speech um, uh, towards American consumers, Canadian consumers, so on and so forth, um, by the creation of uh, fun and educating videos. Um, so how to recognize real Italian products, uh, but not only how to recognize one versus the other, also storytelling of Italian products. You know, I think of Parmigiano Reggiano or Gorgonzola, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, to cite two of many, many different examples. Um, Because if if we're talking about the economic value of Italian sounding products on a worldwide level, we're speaking of about $100 billion, um, which I think is about 5% of the entire Italian GDP. So it is enormous. It's well, enormous. let's talk
0: about that. Let's go into that just a little bit more before we go into the example. So, uh, are are you what you're suggesting? Then, what your thesis was is that these Italian sounding products are actually taking money away from the real Italian uh, producers who are producing the authentic cheeses and, and and other products of Italy that 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 you know are are iconic. That but people are sort of uh, piggybacking off those names in some sort of uh, some sort of way.
1: Exactly, exactly. So the Italian sounding products, of course, are harming the Italian economy. Um, and especially the smaller producers, I mean, you know, they're not, they're not harming the big multinational corporations like Barilla, for example. Right. Um, but what we're talking about, um, parmigiano or smaller pasta producers, or, you know, producers of, uh, uh, different types of meats and, and salami and so on and so forth. Um, oftentimes that are run by families. Um, so less than 10, than 10, 10 people even working there. Um, so harming that, and also from the, the point of view of image. So how um, these products are, are representing uh, real Italian products, I should say, how Italian- sounding, pro- yeah. Misrepresenting, exactly. How, how, exactly, how Italian sounding products are misrepresenting um, real Italian products. So we're talking also about uh, image as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's important. You know, the whole made in Italy thing too, you know, it was, was part of that. And there was a lot of controversy about some people trying to rip that off by, you know, uh, importing, let's say, shirts from somewhere in Asia, and then sewing on a label that said made in Italy. And even if that it's, label was sewed on in Italy, they somehow claimed that it was made in Italy just because they put the label on in Italy. Ex- and,
1: exactly, know. exactly. And, and it's funny you mentioned the words made in Italy. So there's a lot of uh, confusion behind the terms made in Italy, product of Italy, and also imported from Italy. They all mean very different things. Um, if you'd like, I could get into that real quick.
0: Yeah, let's um, let's let's cover that, too. And then and then, like I said, eventually I, I want to get into some of the specific examples that you have. And then also we can talk about Italian sounding uh, restaurant dishes in the US. So let's let's go, ahead. let's go ahead first with where you were going with the Made in Italy.
1: And it's a very, very quick uh, explanation. Um, made in Italy just simply means that the raw materials were put together in Italy. The raw materials do not necessarily come from Italy product of italy on the other hand means that the raw materials were were grown in italy they were they were uh, put together in italy and then they were shipped out uh, to the uh, to the market um, so there is a big difference what you want to look for is product of italy if you're looking for 100% italian products and it product seems like italy. wines do
0: this very well there's a very strict control over the you know the the designation of certain wines seems like it anyway i mean just as a there consumer is.
1: There is. they do do that very well and I'm sure we will have
0: uh, well have plenty of time to talk about wines yeah uh, olive oil on the other hand has is, is been a, a subject uh it's been a target for a lot of people to have these you know olives that again I mean maybe they're imported from Morocco or something but then they're pressed and bottled in Italy so then the the, the olive oil is made in Italy but again exactly it's not, it's not really Italian olives or, or whatever but
1: no exactly there's a lot of mixed uh Mixed olive oil going on. I mean, just the other day I was in the supermarket and I see a bottle of olive oil in big gold letters packed in Italy yeah. and in small black letters underneath. You could barely read, you know, uh, where the actual olive oil comes from.
0: Yeah. So and good sometimes it's not pie even pie. olive oil. Sometimes they sneak in, you know, sunflower seed oil or uh, other exactly. types of oil in there. Too. Canola so, oil. Canola oil. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that's interesting
1: exactly exactly so um there's definitely a lot to talk about i could be here for for weeks talking about it okay that's uh, definitely a well, well,
0: you know we may have some chance to have some more conversations but let's go on to some of the specifics i mean uh gosh i mean you've done some you know master's level research on this so uh why don't you just pick one thing in particular in the beginning as an example and, and just kind of tell us how it how it gets bastardized and how, how people profit off the 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 name you know falsely or you know
1: okay um so given the fact that i wrote the thesis on cheeses i may as well stick with yeah. the topic of cheeses and the main sure. culprit that i guess most people always go to is Parmigiano reggiano versus parmesan mm-hmm. um parmesan is just a literal translation to english of the word parmigiano parmigiano meaning from the city of parma mm-hmm. um uh and in this case we're talking about cheese um so that is the the main example that i could think of uh, when, when talking about Italian versus Italian sounding, um, a lot of Italian sounding Parmesan comes from um, Wisconsin, uh, right. which is, let's just say, the cheese valley of uh, the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, believe it or not, none of uh, the Italian sounding products in the United States are illegal. Most people ask me, is this illegal? Should this be illegal? And that's where the fine line, that's what I should say, that's where the line's a little gray, um, because there is no intellectual property that's being damaged. Right. Okay. Um, so, in the case of Parmesan, the fact that they're using the word Parmesan, that is not protected by the consortium in Italy. Uh, instead, the consortium in Italy protected the words Parmigiano Reggiano in the United States. So, if you were to buy something uh, with the words Parmigiano Reggiano, you know you're getting something uh, authentic. However, yeah. if you see Parmesan, that's just as a generic uh, uh, cheese, Italian something cheese in the United States. I mean, we see the Italian flag we see words written in Italian, we see images, geographical references, so on and so forth.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So that's one example. Another example could be um, Pecorino Romano, which is made with sheep's milk. And the Italian sounding version of that would be the Romano cheese, oftentimes uh, made with cow's milk. So they don't even imitate it well, I should say.
0: Wow, interesting. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't think about that one, but yeah. and you know and then the parmesan cheese that we that we see a lot of times it's like this 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 fluffy white powder that comes in as like a salt shaker thing and it's sitting you know on the table you know for weeks months years at a time in, in some uh, red che- uh, checkered tablecloth <laughs> restaurant that you know I mean I don't know what that stuff is but I mean it I mean shouldn't it go bad eventually if it's sitting out you, for that
1: long <laughs> you would think it would go bad
0: uh and I don't really know what's inside those bottles
1: to be quite yeah. honest with you yeah Um, one thing I did want to mention, I get a lot of comments. Um, they say, well, you're against Italian sounding products. You want to shut them down. We're talking about jobs. Yes. We're talking about many, many jobs. And my objective is not to shut down any type of industry. My objective is just to clearly represent, uh, products that should be represented in the correct way. And, um, that's what I'm, that's what I'm fighting for. I would never advocate for, you know, um, shutting down thousands and thousands. if not hundreds of thousands of jobs.
0: In Wisconsin, uh, so, so. just because exactly, yeah, I mean, exactly. It, I, mean they, I mean, they can make their cheese. I mean, as long as they just they're they're you know transparent about what it is. I mean, that's fine. That's
1: exact. That's exactly right.
0: And one thing I always say is, um, make your cheese.
1: Do what you. I mean, they're they're totally different cheeses. Parmesan versus Parmesan are totally different. So continue making what you call Parmesan cheese, but. In, in my head, I'm like, why don't you just call it something different and be proud of the area you know be proud of, of where you're from and, and invent a new cheese and uh, it becomes more of a um, in a time we say concurrenza. So you become right. um, uh, the word my, it's not coming to my head in, in English but um, uh, a competitor there you go. You, you compete with the Italian cheese by creating a different one. I'm not sure if I'm explaining myself. And that's how many other cheeses were created over the history. Sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Well, that's interesting. So uh, what about the case of Gorgonzola, though? I don't, I don't see where that's, uh, I haven't seen anything Gorgonzola sounding. I think that they always say Gorgonzola, don't they?
1: Yes, so um, Gorgonzola is also, is also another uh, imitated product. Um, uh, the word Gorgonzola itself is not protected by the consortium uh, in the United States. Okay. Um, however, Gorgonzola DOP, so DOP is protected. Right. Um, let's just say a lot of the Italian consortia arrived late to the game when it comes to the protection of intellectual property. Um, so uh, if you go to the store and you see Gorgonzola, you really have to read the fine print to make sure you're getting the real deal, if that's what you want, of course. Okay. Um, and, you know, um, one way to, to specifically recognize real Gorgonzola, but not just Gorgonzola, the words product of Italy, of course, but then also the uh, red and yellow PDO logo. Which I could talk much more about, you know, at another time, obviously, okay. um, and and also the uh, consortium logo.
0: So, I mean, maybe we can move on then to the. Uh, this is a kind of a segue into the discussion about restaurants and restaurant items. So, and maybe this isn't even real, or perfect. This is a little clumsy, but I, I know that the the the, the pizza napoletana is is protected uh, by these this consortium or about or the designation. Uh, mm-hmm. In the EU or or whatever, I mean, you have to have very specific ingredients. You have to have the San Marzano tomatoes and the, um, the buffalo mozzarella, and uh, exactly. The, so, I, I mean, and the extra virgin olive oil. I mean, um, can you claim to have a pizza napoletana outside of Italy and and you and not have those ingredients? Or like, if you go to a restaurant, you, yeah,
1: you could try and claim that. I guess most people wouldn't wouldn't know. Um, it's very difficult, you know, from the from the from the normal consumer's point of view, to recognize that. Um, and there is an organization that does "quote unquote" protect the uh, pizza napoletana, um, mm-hmm. but they don't really have much reach outside of Italy, you right. know. So you could go to really many pizzerias and say, "Yes, we make a real pizza napoletana," and uh, is it? You you don't know. I I do believe there is some type of logo. Um, that people, if they do make the Real Pizza Napoletana outside of Italy, that they could put up in their pizzeria. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, I guess if the consumers don't know what that logo looks like or what it represents, then does it really have any value, you know? So I guess uh, part of the mission of Stop Italian Sounding is also to educate consumers of the different logos to look for as well.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. No, no, seriously, those logos do mean a lot. I know on the wine, for example, I've gotten familiar with those. And, yes. uh, you know, the DOC and the DOCG, um, exactly. not to mention, like the little black rooster from Tuscany for the Chianti region and, and and those sort of things. So I do look for those on the wine. I'm not really familiar with all the labels that you're referring to, but it's, it would be a great resource to know those. So uh, right. sure people can find out.
1: I was going to say, I'm sorry, there are many labels uh, to look for, you know, you're talking about European level labels or Italian level labels, or then specific labels that pertain to different consortia, uh, so on and so forth. So there's there's definitely a lot to uh, to talk about and to uh, educate on.
0: All right, now I'm going to transition here and I'm I'm going to reference, I have a, a blog post I wrote about a trip I took to uh, Italy in New York's Flatiron District uh, a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, you find the authentic products there, because I guess in New York City, my God, they have, you know, what, 12 flights a day, probably between Italy and and, and New York, and they can actually probably fly in fresh buffalo mozzarella and, um, you know, truffles and things like that, that probably in the rest of the country wouldn't be practical, because then you have to ship them, you got to truck them and all that. Um, but my point was this, my point of the article was that you know, a lot of Italian restaurateurs or just Italian people come here from Italy, and they and they and they want to start an Italian restaurant. And in the beginning, they're very enthusiastic. They're going to have authentic dishes. They're going to use all authentic ingredients, and they're going to have this amazing Italian experience. Um, you know, and then and then they reach sort of this existential crisis where they're like. You know their their customers are asking for you know uh shrimp parmesan and you know they don't have that on the menu and so sooner or later they, they sort of cave and they they say okay well we're we're just going to give them what they want because we have to pay our rent and um, right. you know my mission to convert the infidels is going to have to wait you know until I have more money or whatever <laughs> exactly. I mean, and so I mean maybe address that a little bit like how how. Um, you know how the, the you know the Italian restaurateurs are dealing with this—that you know their desire to create these authentic Italian dishes and their inability to number one either source the ingredients or number two you know satisfy their their customers who who ne- don't necessarily want that. I mean you know they're right. or, or something you know that's not as appealing to the American palate. Exactly. Now the point you make
1: is is a very interesting one because I, I even know restaurant owners that have. Um, you know, they come here, they open up a very successful restaurant and they try to make it, you know, as Italian as possible. And then somebody comes in and says, can I have, you know, like you said, shrimp Parmesan yeah. and they're like, well, we don't make it cause it's not Italian. And the client sings, you know, they insist and then the chef ends up caving, of course. Yeah. Um, right. well, I mean, I guess it's all about retaining the customer, but then at the same time, you kind of want to maintain also the, the true Ita- Italian identity. Right. Um, the, the, and this is a, this is a problem across Italian uh, restaurants uh, across the United States. You know what? What do we do? We want to. We want a client base, but um, uh, they they also want they want eat what they want to eat. You know, yeah, right. but then we want to serve what we want to serve. Uh, so there are Italian restaurants out there um that are true Italian restaurants, and there are things to look for. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing to look for, I would say, is uh, when you're looking at a menu, are there any spelling errors? Yeah, that's a okay. common but one, then-
0: more common than people believe.
1: It is very spelling errors, you know, I mean, I, everybody's entitled to make errors, I make errors all the time. Um, but when it comes to, you know, a, a business, you should make sure you have your uh, T's crossed and your, your I's dotted, as they say. Um, so that's one thing. But then if you don't speak Italian, I guess you don't know if there's errors. That's one thing. Another thing would be uh, the order of the um, of the food of the, of the, uh, the dishes. So, uh, in Italy, typically you have your antipasto, so your appetizer first, then you have your first course, which is specifically either a pasta or some type of rice, or maybe even a soup. Mm-hmm. Uh, then your second course, which is a meat dish. Uh, then of course you have your side dish, which, which are veggies and then dessert. So this is a typical order. So if you see a, a restaurant that follows that order, chances are it's closer to being authentic than not. Yeah, um and, and they, they, also, should, they should
0: even be listed that way. They even should like be in in that order on the menu, like antipasto, uh, primo, secondo, contorno, dolce. Okay. I mean, they should they should actually okay. be in that order, so there's really no confusion as to what order they're exactly. supposed to be. Exactly,
1: exactly. And um, the other thing I want to mention goes to your original point: um, these uh, fake, it- I guess, shouldn't say fake Italian dishes. I guess these Italian-sounding dishes or these Italian-American dishes that sometimes you see. And those are another, I should say, red flag if you're trying to find a real authentic Italian uh, restaurant. So if if you do see them, chances are it's not really Italian. I say chances are because to your point, there are a lot of uh, Italian uh, restaurant owners that came over and then kind of, I guess, caved into the demand of uh, Italian American dishes. Um, So uh, I would say that that is a, a small red flag. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, it also depends on, I mean, maybe they have like one or two of those items on the menu just to sort of appease the masses, but they try to otherwise keep their menu fairly authentic. I mean, you know, that that would be okay, I guess. That's kind of a compromise. Uh, And the hope is that you get the people coming back often enough, they're going to get tired of ordering the veal Parmesan. They're eventually going to get the, you know, the steak of Fiorentina or something, Uh, you know, I don't know. Exactly. Um, Exactly.
1: Exactly, and 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 that all goes into the uh, you know educating that you know we at Sapattain Sound do, um, you know we, we try and do it on a daily basis, um, and uh, yeah, it's definitely an uphill battle. We will say it's not an easy one.
0: Your your videos are so engaging. they I mean they're really I mean they're appropriate for the platform because they're like there's they're quick. Uh, they're informative and there's always, there's always like, you know, one good takeaway from every video where you can like say, Oh wow. Okay. And you know, I watched them and I, there's some things that I learned. And and so, I mean, you know, I mean, and I lived thank there, you. you know, I lived there for three years. So I, I mean, I, I, I discovered a lot of that for myself, but um,
1: thank you. you. Know, I, I appreciate the, your support and also uh, the kind words.
0: No, no, it's true. I mean, it's true. I, I really, I really like what you're doing. Um, so where do we go from here? I mean, like, what's your, um do you have like an end game with this are you going to elevate this this battle i mean beyond uh your your social media profiles i mean you're doing a great job on on both tiktok and and instagram Uh, thank you youtube channel as well and um you know that's really cool because youtube's doing a lot of those shorts now i think youtube's trying to get their market share of the of the short videos from tiktok and instagram so uh it's great you have those on there as well um they definitely they definitely are
1: with the, with the shorts. Uh, my YouTube channel is much more new compared to uh, Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. Um, as of now, Stop Italian Sounding is about two years old. So I'm still yeah. in the stages of, you know, trying to uh, to reach out to the public and uh, to educate, so on and so forth. Um, but I guess the next step would would be to reach out to uh, uh, more Italian companies and kind of, quote unquote, rally the troops. Um, yeah. Because they know of the, uh, the phenomenon, uh, Italian sounding in the United States and they know what it's costing them. Um, but they, I guess they don't know how to, how to communicate effectively with uh, uh, with the consumers. And that's where uh, Stop tiny Sounding comes in. So the next step would be to rally the troops. <laughs>
0: Is there a way that you can like, um, I don't know. I mean, like you could personally be an advocate for those companies here in the US, like uh, to help them actually, I, I don't know what you can do for them. I mean, there's, I don't think there's really much legal action if nobody's really breaking the, breaking the law, obviously. But- there- Um, I mean, what can can you do for them? I mean,
1: there isn't much legal action. The best way to fight this uh, is is through uh, education. Yeah. Um, You know, speaking to people, educating uh, them. And of course, you know, the consumer makes the final call. If you want to buy this product, buy it by all means, as long as you're happy, really. Um, But as long as you know what you're buying. Um, But yeah, in terms of uh, a legal um, path, there is no infringement on the intellectual property of uh, the Italian product so therefore they can't do anything uh, legally speaking. Um, like I said the best would be through education, educating the consumer um, you know through videos but also uh, in a practical way so you know through buying the stuff and physically holding it in your hand smelling it and tasting it.
0: I mentioned earlier in my, my trip and, I, and I've been a couple times uh, I've been actually I've been in, in Rome a couple times, Milan a couple times uh, and in New York a couple times to the to the Italys. Um, Do you like what they're doing? Do you like Italy? I mean, do you find that they have mostly authentic products there? Um, You know, when I was there in, in New York the last time, about two years ago, one thing was 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 interesting was that you know none of the staff there were italian which was i found disappointing because you know the passion uh of italian people for their food products is always sort of infectious and part of the part of the experience you know really the dinner experience or, or the shopping experience whatever but i did find a really a pretty large number of italian customers there so like you know basically italians on vacation in new york who just who couldn't stand to be away from their own food more than a, a day or so, and then so you know they were in there a lot. But um, yes, are, are, are you uh, have you been to Italy? Do you find it to be a good out uh, a good uh, outpost for Italian products, or do you think they're caving out a little bit as well?
1: I have been to Italy many times, and I absolutely love what they're doing. Um, I find them to offer mainly Italian authentic Italian products. In fact, every time I go to New York City. Um, I make it a point to go to Italy, either yeah. just for a simple coffee or just to, you know, load up on some on some products that I can't get uh, over here in uh, Southern New Jersey. Yeah. Um. So I'm definitely a a fan of Italy uh, within the United States, but also uh, in Italy as well.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree. I'm glad to hear you say that because that's what I thought so too. And I, I thought, well, maybe I'm just not really sophisticated enough to spot the uh, imposters. But if you've done your research <laughs> and you feel like it's authentic t- as well then I, I feel pretty good about that. So it, um, that's good to hear. It
1: It is quite authentic. And I, I do hope that they expand even more. Um, I, I'm not sure how many locations they have in the U.S. I want to say five, five or six
0: at least. Um, I mean, there's two in New York alone. Um, exactly. And, and I, think I know Chicago one S- has one, I think Las Vegas, Las, San, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Las, yeah. yeah. San Francisco,
1: Las Vegas, I believe. Um, I thought they were, they were planning to make one to, to open up one in Florida. I hope um, so. I, could, I mean,
0: my, my hope would be like they, they they start, they have these big, you know, these huge meccas like they do in New York or in, in Rome or in Milan, but I, I, w- I would hope they off- offer some like satellite locations in smaller markets, you know, where they can like, yeah, I don't know, I, I hate to say this, but you know, put one in a mall or something. I mean, or, you know, yeah. uh, just something where people can access that because otherwise it's tough. That, I mean, yeah, that
1: would be great. That would be great. Italy Express. But Italy I guess one of the main... That would like be it. great. <laughs> one of the main uh, uh, selling points of Italy is, you know, you go there, you could do food shopping, buy whatever you need to buy, but then you also have the restaurants, you have the pizzeria, you have the wine bars, yeah. you have, uh, you know, the, uh, the tasting of a prosciutto a cheese, so on and so forth.
0: Yeah. Um, so it's, it's
1: like one, one, one stop and you get everything.
0: All right. So let's, let's wrap this up for today and let's, let's have a little bit of advice. What, what what's like the experience you would recommend for somebody if they want to find some um, Italian products that are so much better than Italian sounding products um, that they can compare side by side? Well, what would you recommend? Like, is it the Parmigiano Reggiano versus the? Parmigiano- I would.
1: Yeah. yeah, I would definitely start with uh, with Parmigiano Reggiano versus Parmesan. So you mm-hmm. find Parmigiano Reggiano, you look at the rind and you see the dotted rind. That's a very simple way to recognize the real one. Yeah. Um, if you want to do a taste test also, uh, you could see um, that. And if you have the ability to buy real gorgonzola uh, versus um, the Italian selling gorgonzola, I mean, it's night and day. I love gorgonzola, especially gorgonzola dolce, which is more creamy. Yeah. Um, so if you're able to get that, I would I would suggest that also to the listeners.
0: Yeah, I love that too. I love it as well. Well, listen, this has been very informative, Robert. And uh, yeah, hope people find you on TikTok and Instagram. One more time, your handles? uh at stop italian sounding both on TikTok one, no, and Instagram. no periods no hyphens just all nope all one word okay and uh yeah hope you have a website someday you can you can uh, you know give us a little more of your uh insight into some of this stuff but um yeah this is great i love it and i'm, I'm following you I'm, I'm learning from you and i appreciate it and uh, hopefully we'll talk again
1: awesome great i thank you very much and we could definitely talk again
0: okay robert thanks ciao all right ciao Well, that's it for today's episode. Come back next time for another generous helping of straight talk about the benefits of a Mediterranean diet. And find us on our website at eatlikeanitalian.com. Ciao.